episode of the Young and the Rowdy. So happy that you decided to join me. Um, this has been an awesome process. Blessing to be alive and to be able to bring this content to you guys. Thank you so much for the reviews, for sharing this, for um, subscribing to the field of 68 Media Network, um, the team that has helped me make this possible. I am extremely excited for our next guest, uh, all SEC. He is one of, I got a trivia question for you guys. He's one of the three uh, players under Billy Donovan to have three 27 point games in a season. Um, I, bet, I bet he doesn't even know who the other two are. Uh, but anyways, without further ado, I'm excited to get into this conversation, this uh, second to the life of our one and only number 24, Casey Lamar Prather. What's going on, Case? How you doing, my man? What's going on, bro? Glad to be here. Glad for you to have me out here. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, shoot, man. It's 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 a blessing to be alive every single day. I think it's a... Uh, you know, each and every day is the best the best day of our lives because the alternative is to not be alive. So I'm just Absolutely. grateful to be here and grateful Absolutely. to be uh, seeing, seeing your pretty face again. <laughs> hey, you know, I am gorgeous. So, you know, it is a rare, rare only on rare occasions or am I, are you allowed to see this face like this? So take a, take advantage of it, I'll tell you that. Man, your hair, your hair is long. Yeah, man, it's been a long process, bro. Like, I... Uh, it makes it easier not being able to get a haircut out here. So I just let it just go and just be as natural as possible, bro. So you're, you're, you're from Jackson, Tennessee, and you're all the way in a lot Israel right now. That's uh, kind of far away. How How is life over there? I mean, right now it's not really life. You know, we just, I'm just sitting in an apartment and going straight to practice and from practice back to the apartment and, you know, just counting the days until we have a game so we can at least leave the house and go somewhere else to play, you know what I'm saying? But uh, a lot of beautiful place. Uh, I was luckily to be able to go around before this, uh, this, this last little lockdown, so I was able to see the city a little bit. And, man, I tell you, it's, it's definitely beautiful. It's definitely a lot different than Jackson, Tennessee, I tell you that. Has it, has it warmed up over there a little bit, or is it still a little cold? Man, listen here. I walk outside with flip flops on with no socks. So, <laughs> hey, so that sounds right. amazing. Do you yeah. do you know the answer to that that trivia question I just I just uh, gave you those other two players that have scored twenty? Yeah, I I do I do, but I just want to give Gator Nation a chance to you know figure it out for themselves. If they haven't if they haven't already figured it out, don't do they do diligence and look it up. So that's it. I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give the answer at the end at the end of the episode. Uh, but anyways, Casey, man, it's, it's just an honor to have you on. Um, how is your family doing? What has life been in Israel? I know you know I was out there uh, back in from August until the beginning of October. I know Scotty Wilbekin is out there. Our boy Scotty is out there as well. Um, right. What is your experience? It's your first season out in Israel, right? Yeah, yeah, first season uh, being out here. You know. Uh, I used to be in Australia, so you know, so it's it's probably like one of the first times for me to actually get away from uh, the island life in Australia and stuff like that. So uh, it's definitely a blessing to be out here, man. It's definitely a good experience to be in a holy land and being able to, you know, uh, place my feet on you know holy ground and uh, just being able to learn about more that the city has to offer, as well as being able to play basketball. You know, uh, these last couple of years has been kind of tough for me just to stay on my feet and stay in the game and, you know, actually uh, play at a consistent level. So, you know, coming out here was the first chance for me to actually get be able to, you know, get back in the rhythm, get back into playing basketball and doing the things that I love. So it's been great. Yeah, I know you've been on a, you know, a journey uh, these last few years, but I'm sure they've help to mold you and just take a different perspective on life and just to, you know, experience a lot more gratitude. It really is a blessing what, what we've been able to do. You know, they, they, of course we can say we've wish we were doing this more or that more, or we had this or, you know, but in, in the grand scheme of things, man, you know, we, we had no control over where we were born, over who we are, where, like where we were placed in life. And, and just the fact that we were placed where we were and the opportunities to do what we've been able to do and that we can share, you know, I got, I, Selfishly, I got a chance to share those experiences with you and get to see you grow as a man. Um, right. Get to see you grow as a man and, and as a player. And um, just so thankful uh, being able to have you in my life. Uh, but anyways, what, what have you been doing the past time? Because I, I, I was in the lockdown 
over there, man. It, I I could only play video games for so long. Like I had to, I had I read a book, an awesome book called um, Atomic Habits by right. James Clear, and he talked about um, just how it's not necessarily about having self discipline, um, but it's about forming these habits, writing them out, um, and and forming the habits around your life, like the way that you already move in life. So so it's like flows naturally. So like I was able to just like have a routine for everything. So, and I, I would keep my video games away from me until I went through my routine first. Because I would right. pick up that. I have my Nintendo Switch, boy. It's, it's a <laughs> you have nothing to do in the middle of nowhere. you just right. like, well, well. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, bro, I've honestly just been trying not to go crazy for number one. And uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy because, you know, I see this opportunity as like a blessing in disguise as far as like, actually preparing yourself for what you're going to do when, you know, uh, basketball is not there or when, you, or when you're forced to deal with yourself alone, like how are you going to act? Like what new habits are you going to pick up? What more can you do to, you know, properly invest your time and spend it wisely? So uh, most of my time, been, a lot of my time been going to video games, but as of late, I've been trying to, you know, really uh, indulge into the stock market a little bit more and just actually like okay. learn more about it. Uh, I've been, you know, taking a couple courses about that. I've been taking a couple courses about real estate as well as, you know, just reading, trying to strengthen my mind, trying to strengthen my relationship with God and my uh, my beliefs and things like that. So uh, I think it's been pretty productive uh, just having this time to myself. You know, it's 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 it's, it's kind of hard sometimes just to be yeah. uh, still and not re- be ready to go on a move and rip and run like I'm used to doing. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where, you know, I can relax, I can you know, come back home from a long practice after having an injury for two years to come home and to be able to recuperate and take my mind off just basketball and being able to, you know, focus on other things and other assets that I do have and try to build that knowledge for my future world. I love that, man. I love that. Uh, it, it's it's definitely crazy because this, this world now, uh, it seems as though people can't disconnect and just take time to, like, be with themselves. And even though it's forced and it's not necessarily the way that we would have like looked for it to be, um, you know, it's, it's really nice. It's taking time to cut the external stimuli, you know, turn the TV off, stop the news. I'm going to decide how I'm going to spend my time, how I, I'm going to think how I think. And I'm going to, why do I think the way I think? Why do I believe? What, what can I do to, to, to sharpen my mind? What can I do to continue to learn? And it, it's really awesome to see that you're, right. you're taking that time to do that. So Casey, okay, let's 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 take it back. Let's take it back. So we're we're 29 now. So we need to take it back 11 Damn, years. I'm old. Oh my God! Don't say that too loud. We need to take it back. Say it again. Don't say that too loud. You are gonna make me? You gonna make 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 me feel old now? Boy, 29. But let's let's take it back. Let's take it back to 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 Tennessee, man. You know what was what was your basketball journey like? your upbringing as far as like, when did you get introduced to sports? Uh, you know, who were the influences? How did you, cause I know you played multiple sports before you figured out, you know, basketball was the route that you wanted to go. So what, what was that journey for you? Uh, well, you know, ever since I was, I know my mom kind of jokes about this, but ever since I was, you know, a young baby, she used to have to put me in the middle of the aisle so I could stop, you know, actually throwing things, throwing like objects that look, that look similar to balls. So I would like get oranges and throw them, apples and throw them. So she, so she figured out at a young age to put me right in the middle of the aisle. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's when I was kind of introduced. I looked at I look at old pictures and I see myself with like little basketballs in, in my hand as a baby with already with a nice form and everything. So uh, <laughs> I guess I was introduced pretty early. I mean, it didn't really take on good effect until, you know, later on in, in life where uh, we ended up moving to a, a neighborhood, a, a pretty good neighborhood at that, a decent neighborhood at that. And then I had some friends and uh, they pretty much pushed me to become, you know, a, a sportsaholic. So any sports, anytime we would do it. Like we'll go to the neighbor, the, the local's neighbor's house and just shoot on their basket until they kick us off. And then we'll have to run to the, the field and we'll start playing football or, you know, anything like that. But I guess around the time my mom got married to uh, my stepdad is when I really, really, really picked it up, really picked up basketball. And at that time I was playing basketball, footballs, running track. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, 
But then mom was like, listen here now, you're not about to be spending all my money playing all these different sports. You're gonna pick, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna sit down and pick one. And so, you know, uh, it kind it kind of had like we me and my dad, me and my stepdad had common interests in basketball. So it kind of like fluctuated through there. And um, you know, from from there, my love of it became, you know, substantial. My I remember my seventh grade year, bro, when I was uh my sixth grade year actually. I was tall and I was on a basketball team, but I couldn't make a layup to save my life. Like I could be wide open on the other end with no one around me, with no pressure, just to go make a layup. And I couldn't make you a layup. One of those. I was one of those. And then everybody was talking about me. Of course, they was like, "Oh, you on a team because you tall, this and that." So that summer, it just motivated me more to become a better basketball player. So I gave up going to the movies, going to bowling alleys going, hanging out with my friends, sleepovers, all those things. I just strictly worked and worked and worked. And then the next year I was, you know, second in the state, best player, so. In middle um, school, huh? Yeah, middle school. So that's where it kind of started from. Isn't that a great a great um, story in the, in the sense of a lot of kids want to, you know, a lot of people re will respond to that situation and it's easy to quit. It's easy to say, like, you know, this this embarrassment, this feeling, I never want to feel this way again. So I'm just not going to play. I'm not going to, I'm just going to give, I'm not good. So I just, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to do these other things that are easy. And and you made that decision. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you had, you know, Jeff, your your stepdad may had an influence of like, hey, man, if you, you want to change things, you know, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Right. Cause those things ain't going nowhere. We know right. this, this basketball life that we have in our, you know, hopefully long 90 year life, whatever it may be, uh, it's a short window. So it's like, you can sacrifice a little bit now to enjoy the fruits later and then see who's laughing. Then who gets the last, last, last then. Right. But I remember my dad, oh, go ahead. My, step, my stepdad used to tell me, uh, live life like no other now. So you can live life like no other later. And uh, I guess that I kind of took that with me throughout my whole life, bro. Like ever, ever since he came into my life, he just kind of preached that. And uh, to me, that just kind of says that, you know, no matter what, you got to put that sacrifice in, that work in, that, that those extra time, you got to sacrifice some of those things that you actually value as fun and, uh, you know, pick on some, you know, heartaches and, and some pain and some struggles and stuff like that to actually live like you don't want to, like no one else lives later. So I think that's where it really came from, my determination and my will. It's just so sad because, uh, you know, nowadays everyone wants to be seen. Everyone wants to be, you know, is understanding like to sacrifice and to grind, to put that work in. That means like you might, you're going under the radar. And it might be tough for a while, for a minute. You got to say no to a lot of people. You got to say no to a lot of things. Your life might be simple. You might it might be difficult. It might you might not see the results. But like you said, you know, say that say that quote for me again. Hey man, I'm gonna start having to charge you for these quotes. Hey man, you're throwing <laughs> these nuggets. I'll pay for them. I'll pay for them. I, I, I... <laughs> you know, the quote was, "Live life like no other now, so you can live life like no other later." And I believe that was from Tom Dungy or something like that that he got from a book. But he he swears to the day that he made it up. But I'm pretty sure it was from a book. Or I'm, something. I'm mad you kind of just told me this now, and I've known you for like 11 years. Come on, man! I can't tell you all my secrets now. You know, you got to have a couple up your sleeve. All right, if you say so. <laughs> Anyways, I saw I saw because I was looking up some stats, which you also never revealed to me. You scored 53. In a high right. school game. Oh, I was a bucket. <laughs> 53, 41, 38, you know, name and I done it, you know, like that was a bucket, bro. Bro, you you honestly were uh are one of the you know freak best freakish athletes I've I've ever seen. So I can only imagine, you know, when we got them young knees in high oh. school. <laughs> <laughs> them young knees, them young everything, hips, ankles, ain't nothing hurting. You were Nothing. probably a, a a a gazelle mixed with a lion, mixed with a kangaroo. Probably jumping <laughs> out the roof, out the ceiling, blocking every shot, grabbing every rebound, just like a, a, a as well as a 
Energizer Bunny, never getting tired. Man, I wish I could go back to the days where I felt like that, bro. I tell, I'll pay for that. I'll pay exclusive amount of money for that. Man, tell me about it. I miss I miss those days, man. It, it, and it's it's funny because that's when it was just for for the love of the game. You know, right. it wasn't about thinking about uh, you know money or contracts or status. It was literally just like, hey, man. I'm trying to win, have fun with my boys, and 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 that's that's it. Exactly, exactly. That was all it was, bro. So um, obviously, you had a very good, uh, uh, really good high school high school career. You know, what was your recruiting process like? How did how did that start for you when you started seeing the fruit of that as calls are coming in, and then you know when Coach Donovan made himself available to you? You know, tell run us through your your whole journey. I mean, to me, it was kind of weird, you know. Uh, I wasn't expecting, you know, as a 16-year-old kid, 15, 14, however, however old I was at the time, I wasn't expecting, you know, somebody to come in and say, hey, uh, I, want, I want you to come to college and play for my program for free. Like, where I'm from, it, it, it didn't really happen like that. I mean, you heard, it, heard stories about the Delk twins, Tony Delk, people like that who were exceptional cases, but – from my opinion, like I, I wasn't expecting that at all. You know, I was just trying, like you said, I was just in it, having fun. I uh, picked up a skill and I just loved it and I just ran with it. Uh, I remember my first, my first offer. I actually was invited to come to Ole Miss game my freshman year, and uh, so we went to the freshman, we went to the Ole Miss game. Uh, it, it was crazy. The atmosphere was amazing. I, I believe they were playing like Vanderbilt or something like that in the SEC tournament, maybe. And I was sitting there and I was just thinking I could just see myself on that court. And it's funny because everywhere I went, I was like, oh, I can see myself on this court. <laughs> but uh, yeah, So Ole Miss was my first offer. And I walked away from that gym and that game and I was telling my stepdad, I was like, yep, this is it. I'm ready to commit. And he just like, whoa, 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 slow, slow down. Like, you only a freshman. Like, more, more things are better to come. So just take your time. And so as the journey was going on, I, st- I started getting more interest in a lot of SEC schools. Um, I remember some, it was times where I was getting recruited by, you know, North Carolina, a lot of, uh, a lot of ACC schools. And I had quite a bit of offers, so it was getting kind of overwhelming. I was getting a lot of letters, and I didn't really read the letters at this point because it was just too many by the same school. So I was just like, all right, well, let's just put them under the bed and not think about it because it's just becoming overwhelming. Um, then I guess kind of my senior year when it was actually time for me to decide. So throughout that whole process, you know, I just want to put everything behind me and not think about nothing. I just want to play basketball. And I guess my senior year, when it became time, I started, you know, taking it pretty serious and I just had to narrow it down to a final four, which I did. And it was Clemson, uh, Vanderbilt, Michigan, I believe, and Florida, all great schools at the time. And so uh, I remember Coach Diamond coming down, and all my friends were super hyped, talking about, oh, Coach Diamond came to your city. Coach Diamond came to the city. Coach Diamond came to the city. So, you know, you was excited. I was excited about that. So that added an extra, sure. like, added an extra level of I might want to go there. And then just talking to Coach Diamond, he seemed like a realist, and he kind of seemed more like to my stepdad than not as far as like, he was always pushing me to work hard or become better instead of just promising me things that uh, hasn't even come yet. So he was just sitting on my couch telling me that, hey, when you come to Florida, it's not going to be an easy route for you. I know you're a great player, but you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to, you know, demand the time that you do get. And I guess to his credit, I was always a bit extra confident. So I was like, oh, I got to go prove him wrong. Right, and so that was, that was the that was the biggest selling point for me. Just him being real and saying, uh, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna be this. You're not gonna be that." I just had to prove it wrong, and I just wanted to prove it wrong. Then I went on a, uh, my visit to Florida with you, actually, and it yep. was crazy. And it was crazy. Oh, After yeah. that, I, was like, I yeah. forgot about that. We sure did take a visit together. Yeah, we did. It was crazy. It was crazy, and like I, I was. After that, at that point, I was convinced. You no, know, it was no, there was nothing else. It was only Florida. The weather was great. The college campus was great. The football game was great. 
the atmosphere after the football game was great. You know, I just had no no doubts in my mind that I wanted to go to Florida and become a Gator. Dang, I completely forgot about that. That we sure <laughs> did take a visit together. Uh, I, without, I was already committed at that point. Yeah, I think you committed like your junior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already committed. I, I just, I just was ready to get, get. I was ready to get there early. Uh, right. I mean, so you look, yeah, you, you look like you already played a, a year at Florida. How big? You? <laughs> I was about two. I think I was about two thirty. I was trying to get to two thirty at um. I'm my senior year, and now I can't. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm still between like two forty five and two fifty five. I'm trying to slim down like you. I'm trying, but it just, it I just, saw you, just don't work. I saw you at the NBA top 100 camp, bro, after you had committed. And I was thinking about going there. I don't know if we talked or not, because I don't know if you knew who the recruits were or whatever at that time, but I saw you and I was just like, what in the world am I getting myself into? Like, I'm about to go to college and play with this dude who is – all of six nine two fifty, while I'm a puny six five, one seventy five, one eighty maybe. It's crazy, and you, bro. And you know what's ironic about that, uh, Gator fans that are going to be listening to this? Uh, I actually broke Casey's nose, uh, <laughs> and I and I gave him a concussion. Oh my uh, god! Yes, yes. The the I think I broke your nose. You were trying to come around a screen. I don't even remember, uh, or some. I think that was our freshman year, or in the summer. It was and the then, summer freshman year. Yeah, and I, I think junior year, I hit you in the back. I tried to grab, go for the rebound, and my elbow just caught you in the back of the head, and you had a concussion like a few weeks before that, so it wasn't good, and I was really sorry. I'm pretty sure you owe me money or something or something like uh, we need to ask these Gator fans what they think. But I, I feel like I need to be compensated for all the troubles that you caused over the past couple of years. I, I I would not be upset if, if it, as long as it wasn't too much. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, how can you put a price on somebody's brain health? Probably not. But well, Casey, man, I, I remember, can... uh, you know, coming in freshman year, um, this was this was this was hilarious. It was you, me, Scotty, and Will you get. We were walking to the gym, I think, um, probably from Springs. And it was the first time you heard Will speaking French. (laughs) 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 Bro, Bro. you was like, yo, what in the world are you saying, bro? Like, what? I had no idea what he was talking, what he was saying. Like, I thought thought he was playing with me at that point. I was like, are you you really trying to? And sort my intelligence at this point. Like, what are you doing? But nah, it was funny, bro. That was one of the funniest things. Oh my god, that was one of the they have all that when they speak. Like they got- <laughs> you know, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, bro. Small Jackson. I, I, everybody, everybody speak Jack Jack Jacksonese where I'm from. It's no other language. You know, it's just our language. Jackson- and going to Jacksonese. That's it. <laughs> so. You know, with the with the the mindset that you know you had a very good, um, it seemed like you had a great foundation mentally coming into Florida, as far as you know wanting to prove Coach Donovan wrong in the sense, in a good way, like health way, like, like I'm gonna show you, like you know, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what it does when I get here. Um, I put this work in the way I, my style of play, et cetera. You know, what were your ex- expectations uh, when you came in to Florida as a freshman? Uh, to be honest, to do exactly what I did in high school, you know, uh, I've always been very, you know, talented as far as like just having raw talent. I expected Coach Donovan and the staff to like actually, you know, uh, polish that up for me a bit because, you know, where I'm from, we didn't really have no damn uh, personal trainers and all that stuff. And if we did, you had to go to Memphis and pay so much more money, da, da, da. But yeah, so I mean, I just honestly expected to go in there and just, you know, play like I did in high school and uh, become better and win. That's all I really wanted to do. It was no more than that. What What were some things that, you know, took you by surprise or, you know, because people don't get, I, I was, I, I tell people all the time, you know, they look at someone like Trey Mann when he came in as a freshman, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this very highly touted 
freshman coming out of high school, McDonald's All-American, et cetera, and then freshman year struggle, big struggle, you know, can't even get on the court. And I'm like, man, you, you guys don't understand, like, it, there's a lot that comes into being able to, like, it's a big transition. Like, you're, you're playing against a whole bunch of top players that are now at the top level, and then you got school, you got study hall, you got uh, trying to have a social life, balance that out, figuring out who you are as a person, your identity. Um, right. You know, two a day, we, you know, we started in October, October 15th or 16th. I'll never forget because we always started two a days on Will's birthday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just all that stuff just culminating. And, and then you're like, man, like, this is a lot. You know, so how, how do I see myself fitting in? So what were some things that, you know, because we have our expectation level and then we have the reality of where things actually are. And then in between there, because things don't get met, is when we meet, we run into some frustration or some doubt. Uh, maybe we're just like overwhelmed because like, man, this, was, this wasn't what I expected. So what was that, that like for you when you, you got, got there as a freshman? I mean, for me, it was more about wanting to prove people wrong, like Coach Donovan, uh, per se, and expecting to do it by doing all the same things that I used to do, you know, not changing the result and how I proved him wrong versus, you know, actually uh, just doing it. And I feel like uh, for me, that was my biggest issue going in. You know, I think I was overly con overly overly wanting to be optimistic about proving him wrong you know he would he, he put me in this kind of uh category as being you know a defender and I, you know i want to be a scorer i was a scorer all my life so it was like like what are you like what what, what, what this this not intertwining with what i want to do your beliefs yeah. for the team not intertwining to what i want to do for my profession like for me as as a as a person going forward and I guess that was my biggest issue, just, you know, going to college and just trying to uh, stay the same person and not actually adjusting right away and, and not buying in, I guess, to the team, to the team's overall goal, because I really didn't understand it at that time. But uh, it's funny looking at it now because growing, going through it, people were saying like, oh, confidence, confidence, confidence. But I, I actually believe that it was it was it was the opposite. I think it was too much confidence of trying to do what mm -hmm. I used to do to prove him wrong. And then it came to a point where when I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do for the team, it started to uh, reflect on my playing time. It, it started to reflect on my confidence as a whole after the fact, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, so that's what I believe it all stemmed from. And, you know, it took me a while to like actually, you know, look myself in a mirror and say, you know what, you maybe do need to sit back for a second and actually, you know, uh, reanalyze what you're trying to do and, and who you want to be as a player in person and, you know, actually see what you are doing wrong and, and, and try to better yourself from there. And so that's why I think that, you know, the biggest uh, sacrifice came in for me was just taking a step back from my own yeah. self, from my yeah. own prerogatives and actually trying to see what Coach Diamond is trying to say. It's that was profound what you just said, man. And um, thank you, thank you for sharing that. But it's it's crazy, um, just how the the confidence that you had, which and the belief in yourself, almost became a crippling tool because it's like, you know, you wanted to prove him wrong, but you know, at the end of the day, he's the coach. You need to do, got to do what he wants to to get on the court. You know, in a sense, and you know, maybe there there could have been better communication because, of course, we. You know, we know that you're not just a defender. You know your your ability, but he just saw your athleticism. And I I remember when we when we were freshmen, uh, we were playing one on one all the time. And I just remember like you, me, Scotty, and Will. Uh, you were the only person I'd be like I would be intimidated of. Like if you would you get you would get down to your defensive stance, and I'm like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Here? I'm like, what am what am I supposed to do here? Like he he's fast. Fast, strong, uh, hands, active hands on the ball, quick feet, and I'm like, if if this is how I feel, you know, and you know, I can connect it now, uh, you know, you could you could bring that ability because that's something, you know, Coach Donovan always says like we can't control the ball going in and out. We can only make sure we got the you're doing the best rep, getting the best shot up, 
you know, right. good passes, getting the best rep. Once it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands. But the things that we can bring to the game um, each and every day is our effort, our attitude, and, and control. Like, our identity was in our defense. Because, um, shoot, man, that senior year, bro, we were crazy on defense, bro. Oh, my God. I, I have people they still talking about it. They don't understand. Like, we – I remember watching them film one day because, you know, John, Coach Pelfrey, as much – I hope he I hope he listens to this, but Coach Pelfrey was crazy about our defense, man. He he was – I felt so bad for Dylan, Dylan Graham, man. And Coach Pelfrey, <laughs> he killed Dylan. He killed that man every day. But just his uh, emphasis on that white line defense – and then I just remember in film, in film one day, just seeing the entire team, like we, we were like uh, synchronized swimmers, how when the ball moved, all of us knew exactly where to go, each and every spot, six hands to the ball. I'm like, man, like we are truly locked in and this is what it takes to win. Um, and it was, right. it was just so special. Like, and now like when I was playing, like when I, after I left uh, going into the, pro, the pros, um, I was in the NBA for a bit, so I got a chance to see how, how they do things there. It's a lot more spacing in the NBA. It's a lot harder. They, you know, no defense of three seconds uh, or defense. You have right. defense of three seconds. But then, you know, the overseas ball is probably the most similar to kind of college basketball. And right. I just get like, just shake my head on the defensive scheme. Like, it's like the coaches don't even try. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. I'd be like, is, is no one going to bump the roller, like the roll man, or is this, where's the rotation? Like, we just going to give up. We're just giving up wide open shots. Like, we just don't care. Like, right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's crazy. You got to make like, it hard on them. It's crazy because all, all the things that Coach Donovan implemented is still with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still with me, at least. Like, you know, I, I know how to play defense. I know how to, you know, help that roller guy coming down. I know to jump to the ball when a guy curl off the screen. You know, things like that. I know how to box out. And do all those little things that you know it takes to win, and I think that's probably why I've been able to to, to help some of the teams that I have been on, uh, just bringing his his philosophies on defense yeah. and and teamwork and the little things that you know, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to win with that. So, Casey, you you struggled a little bit to find some consistent, you know, tying into what you just said about your overconfidence and just a misalignment with you and Coach Donovan on the expectations, what he wanted you to play your role. Uh, it, you struggled a little bit trying to find consistent playing time. Um, never, and never because you, again, never because you lacked ability. You know, Coach Donovan, when that brought you there, if you lacked the ability to do so, um, you know, how did you, you know, what was your relationship like with him through that process? Because, you know, that after the junior year going to the senior year, you put in so much work, you know, was there many, many facets I want to get into, you know, through that process, was there ever a moment where you're like, man, this might not be the place for me or like maybe I need a transfer or, or, or again, like you said, when you were a sixth grader, when, when things weren't, weren't going the right way, like or sixth or seventh grade, you say like, I was just a tall guy, uh, but it wasn't good. Some, something just snapped where you're like, you know what? I'm not a quitter. I'm, I've got, I'm, I still got something to prove and I'm going to prove it and I'm just going to shut everything out. I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to make this thing happen. Like I'm, I have, I know what I can do and this is my time coming into this last year. Yeah, I pretty much was like that. You know, uh, obviously I had people in my ear saying, Hey, if you transfer, you can do this. If you transfer, you can do that. And I've been having that since I was a freshman, you know, going in after my freshman year. Everybody telling me to do this. Everybody telling me to do that. But, you know, like I said, I guess that moment where I was in sixth grade did kind of resonate with me again. It was just more like, hey, I'm here now. If I'm if I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I don't, I'm going to die trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to give up on uh, the opportunity that I do have. And I'm just going to work as hard as I can to make myself just better every day and stop worried about the results and just constantly just chip at it, chip at it every single day and just try to make myself as, as prepared as I could be. And I feel like when you do that, the results pretty much take care of itself and the stress comes off of your back a little bit more and you're able to be more free knowing that you actually put in the work to prepare for something versus just trying to go in there and just do it. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was my mindset throughout that whole process. And I feel like I was kind of, you know, uh, I didn't really, I can't say I was more alone doing that because, you know, I obviously had you guys and 
And uh, I guess you were, you guys were a big catalyst for helping me go through through that process. But I felt like it was more about me just getting into my own little bu bubble, getting into my own little zone and just trying to uh, rectify those issues that I did have and then try to just make myself better, even if it was 1%, 2%, 3% better each and every day and let the results take care of itself. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was a testament seeing you. I remember just just even from the you know seeing you working on your form, you you because you you used to shoot a little bit uh, from side to side. I mean, you I mean to this day your your form is like perfect. Your shooting form, like you you would put in. I don't even know how many shots you would put in a day, uh, just under the basket working on your form every single day. To how you transformed your body with with Preston from being that that skinny kid that you were as a freshman to now being, I mean, you still, you still can beat me in a strong, you still can beat me in a strong man in the summer. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna bring that up. No uh, one can beat you strong man in the summer. Hey, Jake the snake got close. Jake the snake got close. <laughs> Jake had all, Jake, Jake was like a pit bull with heart. Like, you know, he would just go, he would just go aggressively without even thinking of the outcome and not caring about the outcome. See me? Uh uh, I'm gonna take my time and analyze the situation before I just jump in. We're gonna go in all full throttle, you know. <laughs> I, I hope Preston, listen, I want to like, big Preston, we're basketball players. Why? I know. Why did you Why did you do this to us? We play basketball. Like, have us ready for bat. If we need to get stronger here or there, like, why are we pushing trucks? Why are we flipping tires? Preston, I literally had no neck. I was walking around like this. <laughs> whole freshman year like <laughs> I walking around like I was just tense and mad at everybody my whole freshman year like I couldn't like I don't I don't understand what he was trying to do like that's why people you. people wanted me to play football they was like yo like Pat Young is like stuck like he would be a person you don't even <laughs> need no pads he could just go out there and hit somebody yeah, um, yeah. so going into that uh tremendous senior season that you had um you know, what were some of your favorite moments of that year? Uh, my, my absolute favorite moment was walking off the court with all three of you guys, you, Pat, I mean, you, uh, Scotty, and uh, Will. And uh, we was holding up the, the 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 sign, the SEC title sign, this and that, the undefeated in the, in the SEC title. And we walked up the court. But before we walked up the court, we all, like, went down and, you know, kissed the gator head and, and gave our respects to the Gatorhead. And it, it, that was just one of the most uh, unreal moments that I had that year, you know? I'll never forget that, man. Man. I, I remember the, the reason, like, if, if people see that story, uh, the reason I, I didn't have my shoes on was because um, my tape, bro. I don't know what happened, but it, after every game, my tape was just killing my ankles. <laughs> and everybody was so hyped. I'm like, yo, can I get some socks? Can I get some socks? And everybody's so hyped. Ain't nobody giving me giving me no socks, so I was like, "Well, I Man. guess this picture is gonna be tarnished with my ugly feet." <laughs> That's my ugly feet too. What I, I know, I didn't. I it's what, <laughs> I didn't want my feet to be in the picture. I couldn't stand the tape being on anymore. It it just was what it was. No, I feel you, but yeah, that was that was definitely one of the the my favorite moments right there. Like that that kind of like put in perspective. All the hard work that we did from freshman year, from the beginning of that October eight, 18th summer camp, uh, summer training, whatever that we did, like that's when it all showed at that at that moment right there. And it was just kind of like a big relief off our back, just finally being able to say, man, we finally did it. You know, we, fi we finally achieved something that we can say we did, you know? Yeah, because we were the only class the that went undefeated. Yeah, like the time before that, yeah, we had Vern and we had Chandler Parsons and and you know they helped us take they make they helped us go to the Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen and stuff like that. And then the next year it was like, all right, well, we got Brad too, which was a great player and stuff like that, but he wasn't really the core of the four uh, or the five actually that came into the uh, into Florida together. But that that same year, it was just like, man, all right, we did that, you know, all of us freshmen, we did that. Yeah, was there ever any doubt in your mind that we would, uh, you know, I, I try to tell people like we we didn't go into the season like saying like okay we're gonna go undefeated and we're gonna do it. We literally just went like 
one game at a time, one practice at a time. Like we actually started the season off not in a great way because we, I remember we had the, uh, the scrimmage against Georgia Tech and mm-hmm. um, in that, uh, up, up in Atlanta or wherever it was. And um, we, we didn't play well. And Coach Donovan was like, I don't care about what y'all did last year, how good y'all were. You have to lay the foundation now. Right. All that matters is right now. What you do each and every day, how you prepare for practice, how you take care of your bodies, fight for inches. Um, and then the results literally took care of itself. Like we, we, I remember uh, we were getting grades for each, each game. Uh, <laughs> like we literally would get mad. Coach Felfer would get mad if we let a team score 50 points. Right. Um, so we were just so caught up in each game, each moment. I don't think there was ever time we were so like, all right, maybe, maybe when we, we were like, you know, 14 and 0, we were like, okay. And then to see, all right, we're like, all right, you know, we got to, <laughs> we, we like, got to do something nobody yeah. else did <laughs> at that point. I mean, I, I always had it in the back of my mind, especially when we start uh, running up SEC wins and playing Kentucky and beating them and, and, and going down, going to Arkansas and being down by like 13, 14 points and making that run and coming back, and then we beat them. I was just like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, we like that. We like that for sure. Well, I, hate, I hate it going to Arkansas, boy. I hate it going there. That's the only place I really hated, hated playing. Arkansas was tough. One of my favorite games of yours was uh, – how you went crazy against Kentucky in Kentucky. Can you believe that they are five and thirteen right now, by the way? Are they? they you know, I can five I keep up with basketball. Five and thirteen. That makes that bro, that just made my day. Thank you. I hope so. And <laughs> this will be the first time, <laughs> the last time they didn't make the tournament uh was another year that they were preseason. I think they did they were preseason number one. And they went to the NIT and they lost to Robert Morris. That was about like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but let's transfer over a little bit. Well, first I want to I'll make I'll make that the last question I ask you. Um, so after you know we had a great year, um, you go on to uh, same similar situation as me. We go undrafted. Right. You know that was that was like all right. You know it is what it is. What's next? Not the end of the world, but you know we know we we, we hoopers we gonna continue to play. Uh, you went on to the G League for a bit. You know why did you decide just to to not stick with that? You know how how did you just make the decision to go to Australia? Uh, it was a very easy decision for me. You know, uh, went through the whole process. I think I was on like top ten call ups. You know, uh, like chance to be called up at that time, like. I was getting a lot of interest from a lot of teams and stuff like that. And I was just thinking in my head throughout the whole season, like, man, it's finally about to happen for me. It's finally about to happen for me. And then, so I get to the end of the season and nothing happened. And my knees were aching. I remember it, bro, like it was yesterday. My knees were aching. I was <laughs> I was in Bakersfield, California, where it, like it's literally nothing there but like dirt. And so I was literally sitting in my little apartment, knees hurting at the end of the season. Look at my bank account. Didn't really see no money. Was flies <laughs> coming out of your phone? Man, it was just like, like, what are you doing even looking? Do you, you must just want to make yourself mad today. So I just looked. So I looked at my bank account, bro, and it literally was, I think it was zero, maybe like five, ten dollars or something like that. And then I'm just sticking to my head like, bro, I would never do this again. There's no way I'm doing this again. Like, so like you said, you only got a small window to play basketball anyway. And why waste it, you know, wasting your the opportunity, the, the the chance of getting hurt without making any money for it, you know? At this point, it's all professional. It's all about money and trying to, you know, build a substantial amount of money so you can actually provide for your family and, and, and make that money, make more money and do things with it. But D-League wasn't, it wasn't showing me any gratification when it came to that, so I believe. How did how did um, the decision to go to Australia come about? About because I know you probably had different opportunities, and what what led you to go to Australia? I mean, well, Scotty was like just hyping me all the first year. Like when he was there in Cairns, he was just like, "Bro, you need to come out here, and come out here, and come out here." And I don't think he realized that it was in the middle of the season, and you know, it's kind of hard to just 
leave a team to go to another team all the way in Australia. So it that would that didn't work out. But luckily enough, that 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 summer I was playing uh NBA summer league and I was getting a couple of interest from you know different teams uh throughout the world. Uh I had some interest in the NBA and Trevor Gleason, the coach from Australia, came to me in uh in a in the locker room and asked if I can come have a meeting with him after the locker room, whatever, after the after the game. So I end up going to this hotel and uh, having like a lunch with him or dinner with him. And he pretty much offered me on the spot. And I looked at the money and I was just like, man, how can I pass that up? And right. then I was just like, and I quickly looked at my phone to see how Australia was. Cause you know, I didn't really know too much about Australia. And so I looked at it and it was beautiful. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm sold. Like you, I can sign a contract now. And so, uh, I guess from that moment on, it was more about all right. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go chase the bag. I'm gonna chase the bag wherever it takes me. So that's how that happened. So for you, you guys that don't know, uh, Casey is. I I, I want to make sure I'm right. I think he is the only player in history in Australian NBL history to three P, two two championships with Perth, and then you left and came back and went to Melbourne. Yeah, right. Correct. Right. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and in that, in that would have been if you would have stayed all three or started that season. But anyways, it ended up you being a three-time, uh, three-peat. You three-peated three right. championships in a row as, and with doing it with two different teams. That had to be pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool, bro. Especially that third one. That third one was one of the best ones because, you know, you get those those critics and those people saying, oh, he's not going to three-peat all. He just switched teams. It was the team. The team was the reason why they won. It wasn't him. And then you go to a new team and you, and you do it again. And it's just like, all right, we can't say nothing about it. We can't hate him. We can't hate him. So uh, that was probably the best one because after that, everybody was like, if you want a championship, secret, secret formula, sign Casey. And that, and that was kind of dope. Why did you decide to, uh, well, before that, before that, how was the celebration? <laughs> Absolutely crazy, bro. I remember when I was in Melbourne, the celebration in Melbourne was probably crazier than Perth because I didn't sleep for five days, four days right straight. It was just all nonstop party. And uh <laughs> We were going to, uh, it was four days after the championship and we were supposed to meet our CEO on this little yacht. So he was taking us out on the yacht. Nice yacht, bro. It was huge. And me and Casper finally had like fell asleep because we was together pretty much for five days straight and we were just out partying, doing this, going to the casino, doing this, doing that. Just living, living, living like it was no tomorrow. Right. And we were, we were, we were that was calling us. I was like, yo, where y'all at? Where y'all at? And we just knocked out. We just, you know, just had enough. We just passed out. And so we finally get there and they had to send an, an extra boat to come pick us up. And I remember getting on a boat and I was like, did y'all finally sleep? And we were like, yeah, we did. And everybody was just so happy for us. They were like, oh, thank God. I'm just so happy you got a little sleep. Jeez, you're you, you trying to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. I wish it, I wish I had like a documentary, like a film just following me everywhere I went. You should have got a body cam or a little GoPro or something to wear on your forehead. <laughs> I, I, I wish. I wish I did, bro. Wish I did. Dang, man. So um, you after you left, you went on to uh, to try and give Europe a try, right? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, each summer. Each each each, each uh, off season, the postseason, I I end up pretty much going to Europe after the Australia season because the Australia season was only like eight months and Europe still had like two months extra to play. So I used to go over there and just play. And uh, yeah, you don't have to get into all the details, um, but you can just sum up kind of uh, sum up, uh, but kind of what you know these last few years because you alluded to it a little bit of just your injury injuries that kind of affected you and your career and, and how, um, how did you persevere through that? How did you, um, you know, for me, I just know that there were, of course, there are moments of doubt, moments where I was like, you know, 
after having a bad surgery and did I, I it, the first the first time I had a bad bad surgery I was like you know what I just had a belief in my heart that I had a testimony and a story to prove not not to anyone else but to myself that I believe that um, there was a great purpose in this even though it sucks even though I wouldn't have signed up for it to happen in the way it did um, that there was something greater deeper for me to to use and it and it's easy to point like how unfair it was but I don't know whoever said that you know. When you're born, life is gonna be fair. I don't know why we why people think that. Like this, yeah. this is life for everybody. Um, but now I want to say like I still can't. I still haven't gotten to the point where I say like you know it was the best thing that's happened to me. But it definitely helped mold me and shape me, and to show that um, if I really want something, if my heart's really in for it, just go for it. Like if I believe, you know, if the worst thing that can happen is just that it just doesn't work out and I just go on and do something else. And I was just so glad that I gave it everything and that it did work out um, and that I was able to play again. And I know you, you have a, a somewhat similar story. So if you, if you want, please share that with the fans. Uh, yeah. So uh, after that Australia season, I ended up going to, I ended up signing a four year contract, a two year contract with a uh, Kimki in uh, Moscow, Russia which was, you know, EuroLeague, one of the best teams in EuroLeague at the time, one of the best players. And uh, it was going to be at a very high level. And so once I got there, uh, I had like a little, you know, uh, a screening to see, you know, if everything was good for my body. And everything was good. And they ended up making a suggestion saying that they can help my knee if um, they could just go in and do it like a little small scope. Uh, nothing crazy, just a small scope, this and that. But what ended up happening was while I was under, the doctor ended up doing a completely different surgery on my knee and uh, removing a, a, a like a big, big piece of bone from my knee, which was the Osgood slaughter little bone, you know, the jumper's knee bone. So they ended up removing that. Um, and I guess they anticipated me being back within two to three weeks because it was supposed to be a minor surgery at that time. But after doing some research, talking to people, it was going to take a little longer. And it actually took me a, a whole year to just, just to recover from that. And so from then on, it was just been a constant uh, grind of just trying to, you know, get your body back right, get your body back used to playing basketball. Because if you take a year off of basketball, that's like your body's like, oh, finally, I'm not doing anything. I can relax now. Good. Right. Then you go back at it 100, 100 miles per hour, your body's like, oh, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. And so what happened was I jumped back into it. I did all my rehab. I jumped back into it that following year, going to Melbourne. I signed back to Melbourne just to, you know, uh, you know, go somewhere where I was familiar with. I end up yeah. tearing my meniscus. I end up tearing my meniscus, not playing at all that season. I think I played like three games that season. And throughout that whole time, me just trying to get back to where I was, I ended up tearing my meniscus, uh, tearing my hamstring. Uh, I think I had like a, a partial sl slit disc in my back. And it was just, it, bro, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like injury on injury on injury on injury on injury. And I was talking to the Miami Heat doctor and he was just pretty much saying that, yeah, this is part of the process of you getting back. You know, I'm sorry you have to go this way. I wish you would have came here to do your surgery before you did it in Russia and consulted with me and this and that, I would have told you not to do it and stuff like that. So again, I missed another season. So this is my second year. And that summer I was just, you know, I, I was upset, you know, throughout that whole yeah. process, I was just upset, you know, questioning things that I really shouldn't be questioning. Like why is this happening to me? You know, like, like why, why, why do I have to deal with this again? Like why do I have to deal with some more adversity on top of, you know, overcoming, old past obstacles, you know, and I'm just questioning what the basketball was for me. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I can see myself emotionally becoming drained all the time again like that. I can't right. keep emotionally drained like that. And so um, I guess I had a moment to myself where I was just, you know, praying and just trying to realize what to do next. And the only thing that makes sense was to continue to fight. You know what I mean? That's that's the only logic behind it, in my opinion. It yeah. made sense at the time was just to fight and persevere through it. 
And that was either because I was, you know, the most strong-willed person in the world or the dumbest person in the world. But that was just <laughs> my take on it. Like, just keep fighting and, and prove it yourself and prove to everyone else that you can bounce back. And so yeah. that summer, so that summer, I just grinded so hard, bro. I went through so many different rehab uh, practices. I did everything just to try to strengthen my knee. I was talking to the Miami Heat doctor, doctors in Australia, doctors in Russia, and just trying to, you know, figure out what I could do to, you know, bounce back. And it was definitely a long road, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm finally at a point where I haven't missed any games this season, knock on wood. And I've been playing at a high level, and I feel like I've been playing better than I was before I got hurt. So, you know, I guess that's a testimony to just staying the course and just, you know, having a belief in yourself, belief in your abilities, a belief in your team that's surrounding you, and just, you know, inch at it each day. I mean, wow. First off, uh, that's that's incredible, incredible, incredible testimony. Um, you know, some some people have tests. That was that was a extreme test because you know your mental fortitude, every part. It, it, again, your your an opportunity or a, a chance to give up, and no one can fault you for that. If you would have been like, you know what, you know, I I just don't want to do. I want to do something else, but you decided to go the hard route and stick through with that and. Even if even if it didn't work out, at least you leave no doubt of like, you know, I gave it everything. It just wasn't, you know, just wasn't meant the path. But I mean, it's it's an awesome testament of, of faith, of endurance, of the character and person that you are. And who knows how else that, you know, from sixth grade, what you what you making that decision back when you were in sixth grade to college to fighting through the adversity uh, in college. Or, like everything it all it all amounted you know nothing nothing in your journey was for a waste right. you know nothing was um and i'm just i'm just grateful that uh i got to be i'm i'm got to be a part of it and see you go through that because that's inspiring for me i'm about to go work out after we after we finish this <laughs> i'm about to i'm about to get it in bro uh oh, man but the the last thing i wanted to ask you um before i let you leave is yeah. Is there what what piece of advice would you give, um, you know, 18 year old Casey Prather as he's walking in his first day to college at the University of Florida? Uh, I would tell myself just to, you know, take take confidence in knowing that you're in a situation that a lot of people would die for, first and foremost. And then I would tell myself to, you know, step outside of my box and actually look at other avenues to actually better myself as a person and as a player. Uh, work on those, polish the things that you're good at, make them great, and then just continue to work on every other thing outside of your box that you're not actually used to working on to prepare for the challenges that may come and the role that may come. And I tell myself that I'm proud of where you where, where you come from and I'm proud of where you're going and I can't wait to take the journey with you. Wow. I ain't gonna lie, bro. This is probably one of my favorite episodes that I've, that I've gotten to do and just getting a chance to dive into all those things, uh, seeing you grow, seeing, you know, cause I, I saw you, you know, when you're fresh, fresh from Tennessee, got to see you as a senior, you know, through your four years of college, seeing you a little bit after college and now seeing where you are now being hardened through the through the adversity uh it, it, it comes down to work it comes down to mentality it comes down to belief in yourself right. and, and not letting the hurdles and obstacles stop you and having the right people around you that can help push you and continue to encourage you because uh i don't think anyone can accomplish anything on their own you can have willpower and start but sometimes everybody needs that little come on man you're on the right path keep going yeah. keep doing right. it um but well, anyways, let's. I'm, I got to close us out, man. That was an awesome hour of of, of uh, some time of a podcast of getting into your life, getting into you as a Gator. Uh, do you have practice again today? Oh uh, yeah, man. I got practice in about an hour, an hour and thirty okay. minutes. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm never with stops, you. Man. It doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop, man. It, it, it's always work. It's always. Uh, about mindset and your intention. So I, I, I want to encourage you to go out there with intention today. Hopefully I can 
I can send you a little boost all the way here from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, but everyone, that was Casey Prather. The answer to those that trivia question, by the way, is Nick Calathis and Teddy Dupay. They're the only Teddy Teddy Dupay, Casey Prather, um, and Nick Calathis are the three that have scored 27 points in a single season under Billy Donovan. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for your time. Guys, remember to share and subscribe. This was the Young and the Rowdies uh, episode with the one and only Casey Prather, everyone in Gator Nation and all around the world. Stay rowdy.